0: Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to episode one of the Embers Collective podcast. My name is Rixie, and I'm here with Lonan. Hiya. And Tim Carp. Hello. And we have got a story today from, um, where's it from? Dartmoor. Dartmoor. So we've got Lonan on story, Carp on music. Take it away, guys.
1: When the earth was much younger than it is now. It was inhabited by strange and wonderful creatures, what we would call giants, dwarves and gnomes. They lived both above and below the earth's surface and they were divided into the big people and the little people. Two particular dwarves lived far far down under the earth's surface in a great big cavern and they spent their days doing what they loved most, digging. Digging down into the cold, dark, wet earth. On one particular day they gave birth to a radiant child and they named her Tamara. They could tell immediately that she was different from them and they loved her dearly. And as she grew, they taught her how to dig And they gave her the tools she required, and each day they would spend their time digging, digging further and further down. But see, Tamara didn't want to dig down. Tamara had had dreams about a shining, light place with trees and birds and air and sun, and so she began to dig up. Her parents were furious. Why do you want to go up there for? There's giants up there and they will eat you. Stay down here in the cold, dark earth, digging down like we have always done. And so Tamara did what her parents said. Well, at least during the day, anyway. She would join them and dig further and further down, but at night she would dig up. Up. Closer and closer and closer. And on one particular morning, as the sun was beginning to stretch its rays over the horizon, she began to feel the air in her tunnel grow light. She pushed her way further and further, clawing at the roots as the dirt tumbled into her eyes. And she pushed her fingers up through, pulling and pulling. She couldn't see, blinded by the light, she pulled herself up, out, through the hole and onto the grass. And she lay there, Breathing fresh air for the first time. She stood up and looked around and saw that it it was even better than she had dreamed about. She felt the sun warming her skin and the cool, wet grass beneath her toes. She rolled down the hill and... Standing up saw a butterfly fly past, and she chased it, skipping and running through the forest, and the butterfly always just a little bit too far ahead of her. She came to a small pond, and there she slipped inside and bathed in the waters. It was here that two giants found her. Their names were Tavi and Torridge, and they were sons of the old giants of Dartmoor. They had never seen anything quite like her in their lives. She was so small. And they fell in love with her. As she stepped out of the pool, still chasing the butterfly, they followed her and they were clumsy and slow and they couldn't quite keep up. And she was always too far ahead. And then she fell asleep beneath a great big tree, and the giant sat and watched as the dreams passed behind her eyes. When her parents woke up that morning, they began doing what they always did, and they dug. They realised that Tamara was nowhere to be found. They searched in her room, and there they found her secret tunnel. And with anxiety and worry in their hearts and stomachs, they began to make their way up, 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 out into the blinding sunlight, gasping at the air. They made their way down the hill, through the, po- through the forest and past a pond. And there they found Tamara sitting under a tree, talking to two giants. Tamara's father stepped forward and demanded that she came down. Move away from those giants. They will eat you. No, they won't, said Tamara. These are my friends. I'm not going back down there to dig in the cold, wet earth. I'm staying here. These giants will protect me. What dwarves lack in size they make up for in ferocity? Tamara's father flew into a fury he shouted at her as she shouted back at him and her mother began crying tears streaming down her face. Tamara began to cry seeing her mother's heart break and Tamara's father cast a spell on the two giants putting them asleep. He then cast a spell on Tamara and as it hit her tears she turned into a bubbling spring which rose up out of the ground and turned into a stream which flowed down through the valleys and over the meadows and out into the sea. Realising what they had done, Tamara's parents turned around and made their way back underground knowing they would never see their daughter ever again. Tavi was the first giant to wake up and he looked around and realised that He could not see Tamara anywhere. He he remembered some argument with her parents and he presumed that maybe she had gone back down underground with them. He ran to his father and he asked him what had happened. His father had the gift of sight, of things that he had not even been present for. And he told Tavi what had happened. She is gone, he said, and I can send you to her but it is a decision that I will regret for the rest of my life. And with that he kissed his son on the head. And Tavi turned into a bubbling spring, which turned into a stream, which turned into a river, which flowed up over the hills and down through the valleys. And there, in a great, big, beautiful meadow, he saw Tamara. And he called to her and she called to him. And there amongst the butterflies and the flowers they met and they flowed out together into the sea at Bristol Sound. Torridge woke up he'd had a dream that Tamara and him got married and they lived happily ever after and he had a great big smile on his face as he opened his eyes and looked around to find that there was no sign of Tamara or his friend Tavi he began to panic and he ran to a sorceress and he begged her to tell him what had happened And she explained to him that Tamara and Tavi were together forevermore flowing out into the sea. And he begged and pleaded with her to send him to them. Tears streaming down his face. The sorceress knew that this was a terrible idea. But he begged and he pleaded and he asked her to turn him into a river too. And she cast a spell on him. And he turned into a bubbling spring, which turned into a stream, which turned into a river, which flowed up over the hills and down through the valleys. And he flowed faster and faster and with tears streaming down his face. Instead of turning right, he turned left. And he flowed further and further away from Tamara and Tavi. Out into the sea at the English Channel. Never to see Tamara or Tavi ever again.
2: Thanks for that, Lonan. No, You're welcome. Great. Well done. Um,
0: and thanks for the music, Cup as well. That's You're lovely. welcome. Uh, so this is a part of the podcast where we want to hear the story, um, and then we just want to talk about it. Whoever is in the room at the time, uh, just to discuss. I don't know really. What do we want to discuss? Just. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, I don't know. I guess. I guess uh, I came across this one when. I found it online. Actually, someone had written a, written a lovely version of it. I've been telling it for a while, haven't I? I've done quite a few. Done this quite a few. Yeah. And it's changed a bit
2: over time, has not it? Mm. You've sort of honed it into this nice, sh- like less than ten minute version. I think when you started, it was like twenty minute mm. epic. Yeah, it was long. But now it's it's like. <laughs> <laughs> it was really long. Um,
0: but, too long. So it's you found it online, but when, and it's from. Dartmoor. Yeah. They're in the
1: West Coast. Um, Um, uh, I guess there is is a real river, Tamar, um, which (laughs) I don't know if anyone knows their geography, but uh, it doesn't flow out at Bristol Sound. No, where does it flow out (laughs) then? Plymouth Sound. And when I've done it live, I've said Bristol Sound every time. and I don't think anyone's uh, pulled me up on it. No. Um,
0: What made you want to tell the story?
1: Um... I guess, I guess that theme of of going against the the safety, like her parents do what they know and what is what is usual to them and what is safe for them, and they don't want to push themselves out of their comfort zone. Um, and I and I quite like that idea of of someone rebelling against that and and that you know very. Uh, That metaphorical rebirth where she comes Mm, out of mm. the earth and and she's discovered this land which her parents have told her is dangerous but actually Mm. isn't. But it does end badly, I guess, you know, but it's more through her parents' worry and fear rather than actually the worries and fears that they had of the giants eating her or Mm. anything happening to her.
2: The the kind of undergroundness is kind of a metaphor for suffocation of your parents Mm. or or something like that. And then covering your eyes from what's really out there mm, yeah I'm interested to know if there's like a metaphor behind the two um, pervy giants <laughs> <laughs> well they
0: represent I mean it's probably geographically there's a river that runs next to the Tamar that goes in Lewin and there's another one. That goes off yeah so I'm imagining it's sort of a story based on geography as well as metaphor etc or mm-hmm. a metaphor for the geography mm. um and so but it is just that classic you will not marry you will not find a man where well, you will be our precious little one and mm-hmm. it's like actually you can't do that
2: and she finds the she manages to find the beings that are the complete opposite yeah. of what her parents, yeah what her parents wanted it's it's
1: it's the similar thing of like going out into the woods isn't it you know the woods is where the the danger and and but also the excitement and where yeah, things yeah. happen and where life happens and it's a similar kind of thing of being warned not to go somewhere but then, of course, you want to do it even more. I know,
2: something I noticed today <clears> when you told it, the first time I noticed was, so she comes out and she's chasing the butterfly and she just can't seem to catch that butterfly. Mm. And then the same thing happens with the giants. And mm. She's like, she's kind of running away and they're trying to catch her and they just, just out of her grasp a little bit as well. I wonder if there's anything in that as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's Because uh, it's like, there's always that thing, that beautiful thing that you want to get mm. and you think that everything will be fine once you get it like everyone's always the whole thing of like you're always chasing something you're chasing something you're chasing something and you won't be content until you get that thing that you're chasing for example but actually once you've got the thing then really you're only holding it for a second i.e a butterfly and Mm. then you've got to go or it's so fragile you'll actually break the thing Mm. um, once you have it so it's like with these giants were pursuing their love so much and they ended up turning into fucking rivers <laughs> <laughs> as, a, as a result of it.
2: So it kind of changed. Well, it worked out for one of them. It worked out for one it of them. Yeah, yeah, them. yeah it, it worked out for one the of one. The and the other f- one, it didn't really... Fickleness of life. Didn't it? really happen for. No. Yeah.
1: Um, what, how, how is it putting music to that, Tim? How do you...? It's of... nice.
2: It's very very... I don't want to say easy story to put music to, but it has very clear themes. It's like, okay... She's a kind of trapped girl at the start, mm-hmm. and, and uh, when she's reborn out into the world, you know, it, there's a change. That that's kind of how I work with the music with this one is the three or four varying scenes: underground, overground. Then there's the kind of battle scene where it gets a bit intense, and I started playing a, a bit of a, a beat on the guitar, um, and then the kind of. Pretty sad endings. So mm. It's just kind of s- slow, melodic lines. Don't know. It is it, as as pretty much always with these, kind of improvised, um, depending on how I feel at the time, which is what what you do as well, right? When mm. you're telling the story, it can change every single time mm. depending on how you, you're feeling that day, depending on how you feel about the story. So that's the beautiful thing is that we're we're improvising together.
1: Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and um, yeah, and, and actually doing it here with with a mic is is very different to doing it live, and you know it's like we were talking about a few minutes ago where when live you're very much driven and and connected with the audience, whereas here, you kind of have to do that um, on your own and 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 push it, which is which is fun, mm. it's interesting. Um, yeah, and when it is sad, like when we've told when we've done it live, it always kind of gets a bit of a. Hmm. <laughs> the room just kind of goes <laughs> afterwards, um, and and normally we have to. It's nice to follow it with something a bit lighter, yeah, and a bit exactly. more fun. I remember yeah. when we did it at a regeneration festival, the little kid came up and <laughs> we left after the story because it was too sad. Oh. It is sad uh, though. It's a
0: sad. because it's. Cause it's it, the the rest of it is so uplifting. It's like moving up and going out and uh, digging up and breathing the air for the first time and. Feeling the sunlight on your body and it's all really wonderful, but actually, I mean, it ends kind of well for two of, two the of them, but they get turned into rivers. So I don't it's know how not, much it's not deal, is it? That is. I mean, it's poetically beautiful. Yeah. But then for the other, the other giant, it doesn't. It just, it's just really sad. And just has to flow off. He's got no choice. <laughs> it's just, that's kind of it. Just forever flowing to somewhere you don't want to be going. Yeah. Which is just.
1: Yeah. On your own.
0: On your own. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, on that note. (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much for listening. That was episode one of the Embers Collective podcast. Um, Episode two will be available at some point soon, hopefully. Uh, But please subscribe. And if you haven't already, give us a like on Facebook and you can see any of our live shows that are coming up. Um, Thank you very much for listening.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.